to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. We are uh, back to do another one of these podcast things that we like to do from time to time that we are getting better at. Well, hey there, Joe. We are back to do one of these podcasts that we do from time to time. Yeah. Other words. Other other words. <laughs> other words. Other words to make it different than what you just said. So, In other words. Please be true. That was bad. Um, I so, liked it. No, I liked it I a lot. It wasn't bad. So There's got to be singing. So, like, there's just so much going on. There's just, like, so much going on. And that's not even talking about, like, the real world. We're just talking about the Washington Nationals baseball team um, and other sports-related things. So, uh, obviously, the uh, Madsen and Doolittle deal we talked about quite a bit uh, in our last show, which was exciting. But um, everything so far has, has lived up to the hype, no? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's I'm, it's like a dream. Yeah, it is like a dream. Like watching watching Ryan Madsen pitch in Sunday's second game. Um, he he threw ninety nine. First of all, he's thirty six years old. He's not a young buck. Yeah. So can we talk about how amazing it is that he could still do that and still be as good as he is? He in his age thirty six season has like a sub two earned run average, and his stuff is still amazing. That that is. That like defies science. Yeah, it's nice to have the setup going for the bullpen, right? Uh, where you can see a starter go six or seven innings, which they've been doing all season. They've been going longer than just six innings most of the year, uh, and then turning it over to competent relievers. Where, uh, like you said last episode, you're not anxious. Every time they come in, even when they allow runners, I'm not anxious. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's just not something that I've been used to in quite some time. Um, so Madsen's been doing the job, uh, as has Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle's made things a little bit more interesting, but uh, he's done the job every time so far. He's been asked yeah, he's to, made so. it interesting, but he'll let he'll let a runner on, and then that's it. Yeah, that runner just, might make it into scoring position, and then and then it's over. He'll just get the next three outs, and that'll be it. That'll yep. be the ball game. I mean, um, I'm not looking at his numbers since coming to DC right now, but I'm pretty sure he let in uh, one run, and that might be it up to this point. Uh, I think one run. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So, and even that, I think, might have been even his first appearance when he came in with a multi-run lead and made it closer but still ended up getting the save and that's that's the difference it wasn't like the one back-breaking thing and he just fell bit fell apart right exactly exactly it, relievers give up runs <laughs> they, mm-hmm. i mean that's just a foregone conclusion they have to give runs up so um i there you're never going to have a perfect season but you could have some really good years even you know in brad lidge's perfect what what forty six and zero save opportunities season? Like he still gave runs up. Like you can't not give runs up. Um, so I, I, I I'm encouraged by what we're seeing so far. And uh, right at the deadline, uh, the non tender wait the non waiver non waiver I I wrote non tender 
deadline edition on the I like thing. It. That's, that's not accurate. Was that I, not. As I was reading it all out loud. And someone had a question about wrong. that. You're just going to confuse them even more. Oh, it's going to be so confusing. The non, <laughs> uh, the non-waiver trade deadline, uh, which was, is, which is four o'clock on the 31st, uh, is, has passed. And then at the end of August is the, uh, waiver trade deadline. So if a player passes through waivers, they can be traded. So there's your, it's not the end all be all of trades. Well, and, and, and here, here's it. Here, gonna take it a little further. Do it. The the waiver trade deadline uh, actually goes all year. That is true. But it is August, the end of August, uh, if you want a player for the playoff roster. Right. Right. So oh. that is right because so, yeah, you could trade. You can in make September. a deal in September. Yeah. And it happens from that. time to time, yeah. but they would not be eligible for the playoff roster. Exactly. Yeah. Good, so, good point. Good uh, point. Just a clarification. Yes, that is true. That is true. I just kind of always assume that people know that, but I would assume actually that most people do not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the uh, the Nationals made their, their final two splashes um, in, the, in the, uh, the trade pool, going out and getting Howie Kendrick uh, and Brandon Kintzler. From the yeah. uh, Phillies and Twins, respectively. Yeah, just uh, kind of under the radar Rizzo moves. Um, let's deal with Howie Kendrick. Yeah, let's hit uh, that one first. It came first, so. Yeah, let's hit it first. Uh, Howie Kendrick, uh, you've known him from um, Philadelphia. Yeah, all of your favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, he is second baseman by trade. Uh, roving outfielder by necessity, right? I guess you would say, right? Um, but he's had a pretty solid year in limited action here in uh, uh, here in 2017. Uh, but he's been held by injuries, right? And most recently, he I believe took a pitch to the hand and was out for a couple days uh, right before the Nationals got him. Right, which um, but, made it a little surprising for people. And also, w- worth noting that Kendrick was on the Dodgers team that uh, beat the Nationals in the division series in 2016. So, yes, that's true. That is just, it's a it's a point of note. Playoff experience is very good. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Uh, and having a versatile utility type player is always beneficial, especially with uh, Stephen Drew on the disabled list now. Right. Uh, added to the myriad of... Injuries. All of the players yep. going on the disabled list at this time. Um, so with Defoe having to start, uh, you're looking at uh, more of a need. You don't really have a backup second baseman right now. So right, you that, got Howie Kendrick there, and then right, uh, like you, you, you have, you know, you have Daniel Murphy to play there as long as he's healthy. But with with Trey Turner down and Defoe playing every day, then you know you you really don't have as much backup opportunity there. You got you know kind of. Defoe and Sanchez playing at shortstop, and so you're, you've got limited options. You definitely do. And then uh, to take it one step further, uh, picking up in left field, I mean, uh, no real word on when Jason Worth is going to be back. Um, you've got Goodwin already having to play center field because Michael A. Taylor, who is rehabbing uh, as we speak on the 31st, um, you don't want to see Adam Lind out there for a long period of time because that's horrifying. Right. So it just gives a little bit more versatility uh, for the next few weeks until the Nationals get back up to strength, hopefully. 
Yeah, and there's an opportunity for a lot of strength to come back here uh, before the end of August, right? I mean, you could be looking at um, at Trey Turner, like you said, Michael A. Taylor, hopefully Jason Worth at some point. You've got Coda Glover and Sean Kelly hanging out that are hurt and could be available to come back at some point. So, I mean, there's a lot of help that is kind of eligible for return at some point if they can if they can get healthy and that would be would seriously boost the team that has been doing well without them. Let's, let's be totally candid about it, but um, you, you, you'd still feel more confident with those guys playing you. you the nationals made quite a few bullpen moves, but you add Kelly and, uh, and Glover back in there. All of a sudden you have a, a bullpen that turned to pretty okay. That might actually become a little bit good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, same thing with the offense. It's been, it's been more than doing the job, but, you can't tell it's, me that you would be better off with Trey Turner and uh, and Jason Worth back in there. It's amazing how well the replacements have done. Oh, it's it's uh, it's insane. You haven't they have not missed even half a beat. No, Wilmer Devo has been really good. I mean, he's been uh, like, in the last he, he might be weeks. the best of the replacements, which is saying something. Yeah, which is saying something considering how well Michael A. Taylor and Brian Goodwin. Yeah, exactly right. Have been getting the job done. And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Special Ops member Michelle, uh, who had a great theory uh, about the lineup construction oh, and yeah. about certain playing time uh, for these younger players like uh, Defoe and getting Goodwin in there. Uh, the national season ended last year uh, with Clayton Kershaw striking out. Was it Wilmer Defoe? Yep, it was Wilmer Defoe. Wilmer Defoe in Game 5 of the playoffs. Yep. Uh, he with, had run, just been, with runners on base and threatening to come back and win the game. Yeah, so there was not a lot of experience uh, by that point of the season in the Nationals bench players, such as Wilmer Defoe. Uh, and I believe Severino was catching. Uh, I believe that's true, yeah. I think that's right. So seeing these players get as many at-bats as possible when the team is 13 games up uh, could be a strategic move by Dusty Baker and Mike Rizzo. I doubt it. It's a good thought, and it definitely uh, gives me some solace, gives me some comfort that getting this experience for Defoe, for Sanchez, because you never know if he's going to be needed, uh, Ryan Rayburn, Goodwin, Michael A. Taylor, getting that experience uh, can only help the Nationals in the future. It gives them more value value to the team. It gives them more bats. Gives them more major league experience uh, that you never know if it's going to be needed in uh, October. Yeah, I, I I think there's a great point to that. You know, you you've seen your weaknesses over the course of a few uh, playoff runs that fell far short of expectations, and so. Um, there might be something to that, you know, that idea. I think, I think there's something to that, that Dusty wants guys to stay in the spots that they are going to be in, in the postseason, assuming everyone's healthy. So I think that there is something to like, should Anthony Rendon be hitting second right now? Yeah, probably. Probably. But in the postseason, if Trey Turner's back, he's not going to be hitting second. Trey Turner's going to be hitting second. Or first, for that matter, and and you know, but whatever the case is, um, Anthony Rendon is going to be hitting sixth, and so you know, when you've got a thirteen-plus game lead in your division, then you know you kind of have to, you you kind of see what you have, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that there's there is some good idea. Dusty did it in 2016 with the bullpen, trying to figure out because there were a few guys 
was Cody Glover going to make it or was it going to be uh, Yusmero Petit that was going to make it? And it ended up being Glover because Petit had been terrible. But Petit got sent out a bunch of times at the end of the year and the team just determined like he's not going to be doing the job. You know, And this is the time in the season. <laughs> I know it's still technically July. Uh, August is tomorrow. But the Nationals have a 13-game lead. Yeah, I mean, it's an insane lead for this point in the year. It's, it, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility with the way that other teams have now sold players off and the Nationals have bought players that the Nationals could just, like, make it an embarrassing lead in the division. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could be true this, this far out. Um, and so this is the time you do it. And if, if it gets closer, then you bring your guys back and you figure it out. But you don't have to go for it every single game the way that you maybe did earlier in the year. Yeah, and the good thing, and I know we've discussed this in the past, uh, a lot of these players, they might not, uh, yes, they are performing incredibly well, but their value has come mostly with the glove. That's right. And so you've got the Nationals three through six hitters, which are all four legitimate most valuable player candidates. Yeah, I we 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 talked about that at the All Star break. You know, we I think you said two and I said two, and they were two different players. It it might end up being three guys end up in the. It top might five. end up being three. Yeah, yeah. It, it very well may be three guys. And that's just based on what I've been hearing from national writers talking about Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. Yep. Like they're talking about how great he is and that he is an MVP candidate. Not seeing the ground ball in the double play, uh, but he's yeah. But if you're just looking at peripheral stats and you're not seeing every game and you're seeing him, you know, have clutch home runs and stuff like that, that's the narrative that national mm. baseball writers get to see. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a it's a big benefit to the Nationals that they have the players that offensively can carry the team, and it's not just a hypothetical. They can carry the team. They are carrying the team. And then everyone else is pitching in fantastically. Yeah, that's right. And I think out. Adding, oh my god, that was hilarious. Give it. <laughs> that is funny. I just Geo throwing the bat to first base and then handing it over to D Gordon. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's what adding Howie Kendrick is. It's just it's providing depth to an organization that already has been pretty deep. But you you just want to have more versatility where you could have it because it can't be wrong in the postseason. I mean, you're going to need depth and versatility in the postseason. Um, and then the, the, the Brandon Kinsler deal um, is more interesting to me in ways. Okay, you don't sound sold on Brandon Kinsler. Yeah, I'm, if, if I'm wearing it on my sleeve, it's because I am not sold on Brandon Kinsler. Um, I think that, um, you know, he's having a great year. He's having a two, he has a 278 earned run average. He's got a 368 FIP. And that's a lot because he doesn't strike out anyone and he's walking lots of people. Um, he has a, he's a 536 strikeouts per nine, which is really like lower than Jordan Zimmerman low. And he's a reliever. Um, and he's got a walks, two walks per nine, more than two walks per nine innings. Um, so with a low Babbitt, it just feels to me like he's been overperforming throughout the year and with stuff he's, you know, I was looking, he apparently throws about 93 miles an hour sinker with movement. So he's kind of more of a, I'm going to generate contact 
type of guy, obviously. Um, and as long as he's not closing, which he shouldn't be, it's fine. But giving up a guy uh, that has been kind of coming up through the, the system that shows some promise for a rental on a guy with mediocre stuff doesn't seem to be the, the move that I would be super excited to make. Okay. Um, I understand. I also don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I, I understand what's going on. I understand the concerns that uh, Taylor, uh, who the Nationals give up uh, to the Twins, is rising to the system. Watson, yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was a T and a, yeah. you know, other letters yeah. and a Y and an yeah, A. There was a Y was, in there, yeah. It's a thing. Um, Watson, coming up through the system, but when you face the facts, he is in low A. Yeah. He's a 6'4 or 6'6, six, six, I, I think it's 6'4, lefty, yep. with a 4-plus ERA. Right. Yeah, he's got some stuff. He's got some potential. Um once again, head on over to natsgm.com, check out. Uh, that scouting report was very interesting. I the read scouting that report is there yeah. uh, for him. Uh, ceiling a number four starter. Ceiling. Right. Right, yeah. So that's not great. And for a player at his level, that's not a guarantee Oh at yeah. all. No way. That he could even throw a single pitch in the majors. And right now... Uh, the Nationals did not give up a major prospect. It wasn't someone that, you know, yes, people liked him, but it wasn't one of the top guys. It wasn't a throwaway, but it wasn't a top five or ten guy. And so this is a player uh, coming back that is going to be a high leverage reliever. Yeah, he might not strike guys out, but all you got to do is get outs. They count the same. And well, the Nationals have a very solid infield defense. Well, that's what I was going to say. The, the, the infield defense is good enough that you don't have to worry particularly about the defensive issues if, he, if he's a guy that, that pitches to contact. But my, I guess more my thing would be, are you going to, is he going to be used in the right spots to leverage his skill set? And that, that is what I would be more interested in. Like, is he going to be brought into games as like a, in the middle of an inning um, with a runner on first base and one out and like, okay, you generate a lot of ground balls, you're not going to do damage here? Or is, it go, is he going to be brought in, or he's going to be brought in, in to start an eighth or a ninth inning? Or is he even okay with coming in with runners on base because he's been closing all year? So We'll I, see. And the Nationals have two months to figure it out. Yeah, with right. other solid back-end rotation or back-end bullpen players. Yep. He's not coming in anointed as starter or as closer. Right. So it looks like Doolittle has kind of taken that reign, and, and Madsen and, and obviously Madsen has closer stuff. I mean, they just yeah. have the stuff to be in those rules. So don't know where he's going to piece in, but the Nationals needed to solidify their bullpen even more than they already have. And this is a player, you don't need eight guys in the bullpen that all strike someone out. You don't yeah. need that. No, you're, so you're right. There's, there's room for someone like him, and... For a low A pitcher, that's yeah. a pretty and, good and deal. And his salary is basically non-existent, so it didn't really cost any money at all. Yeah, I think so, it cost like a million bucks. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so if it makes the Nationals' bullpen better, that's all you really need. And I've said it before, but flags fly forever. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're you're right. 
I mean, you're, if, you're right about that part. It just it feels like a, a, a lot to give up for a guy whose stuff is unimpressive. But I guess I'll I'll see how impressive it is when uh, when he makes his first appearance this week. He doesn't have to have impressive stuff as long as he gets outs. Yeah, and he gets outs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. So I'm more okay with it than a lot of people. Um, would it have been nice to get one of the more top closers on the market? Yeah, probably. Right. right. But uh, was it entirely necessary to get like a Zach Britton? No, because right. Madsen and Doolittle can perform that role. And I'm sure the Orioles were asking about for for Zach Britton. Were asking for you know like Robles or Soto. Fetty or something like and that. You know. Um, which makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I don't think that, um, and it, again, you have time, like you said, Craig, you, you, the teams have time to figure out, the team has time to figure out who's going to fit in what role and what times, because, um, there's a lot of talent in, in, in the back end of the bullpen now, and you could figure it out over time based on where guys naturally fit in. Yeah. And more people are coming back. Yeah, and a, a lot more. You've got a team worth of potential all-stars coming back. So It's it's great. It's really a... I think it was a good move. I think it was uh, not panicking at yeah. all. Uh, we predicted that the Nationals would not go out and get a starter, and they did not go out and get a starter. Yeah, right. I, I, I just didn't see a way. There are some guys that would have been... Would have been cool, right? I mean, it would have been neat to see, but... I, I it would have been cool to see Justin Verlander, right? Or or uh, or Sonny Gray, like that would have been really neat. Yeah, but it just seemed very unlikely. Yes, it definitely did. Uh, which I guess leads us to the elephant in the National League, which is the Dodgers. Yeah, oh God, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're 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 the literal elephant. I didn't know you were going for literal. They're oh just yeah, the behemoth of team. Yeah, uh, in the, the Dodgers. Yeah, the Doyers, those, the Doyers de Los, Los Angeles. Is that that's yes? Right? No, cool. Um, so, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one of those situations where so often teams that are built like this don't win. You yeah. know, they they just it's hard to put all those star pieces together. The Cubs were the first team. Since I want to say like the '98 Yankees or something like yeah. that, that had the best record in baseball and ended up winning the World Series. Right. It, it just doesn't happen. We've talked about that before on this podcast. That like, yeah, it's great to have the best record in baseball, and I would prefer to have it, or or in any sport for the team that I'm cheering for. It's fun because during the course of the season, you get to watch really fun sport, and baseball means that's a it's a lot of wins you got to see. But you're there. It's not a guarantee. Just because you win 110 games during a baseball season means nothing once the postseason hits because it's a total crapshoot. Because you got a wild card and then you and then you got a five game series and you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, you don't know if it's going to be uh, Dodgers and Astros in the World Series. It's not a given because you have right. to play the games. Right. Five and game series are stupid. Yeah, they're ridiculous and they should not exist, but they do, and it makes it super unpredictable. I mean. I, I truly believe that both in 2012 and in 2016 that if the Nationals were playing a seven-game series in the division series, they would have won. I'm, I'm 100% certain that that is true. 14, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. No. Because Matt Williams. 
Yeah. But those other two, I am confident that that the team would have come back and won in 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 seven uh, a seven game series. So, and that's a whole other topic of conversation. But you're you, just because the Dodgers are going to be ridiculous on paper, and they are. Yes. That does not mean that they are going to run away with a thing. Okay, cool. They got you, Darvish. Awesome. You, Darvish, has not been great. He's not been great. He has not won in the playoffs, really. Yep. Uh, his last start, he gave up 10 runs. Uh, and he's rep- he's not – you're not adding him to a roster that currently has Clayton Kershaw. Clayton right. Kershaw's on the disabled list. Which is my other point that I was going to make is Clayton Kershaw last year was the first postseason you know, situation where he really showed something, and he did. He was great against us. But he also has been dealing with back injuries basically nonstop for the last two years. He's been, he's been on and off the disabled list. Rich Hill has been Rich Hill from independent baseball again. Right, exactly. After having just an insanely great league year in, in the major leagues last year, which is a great feel-good story, but you know he's kind of come down to earth, and some of the other guys are hurt, so they're just Zach Greinke's not there anymore. So you just have a lot of 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 more up in the air things with their pitching staff. Now their offense could do some damage, but um, yeah, having Darvish and and Kershaw on your postseason roster is pretty remarkable when you think about it but uh, a team is a lot more than that and it's hard to keep being good in the postseason um i i believe that you know bellinger and and uh and and seager and turner and those guys can continue to be good but yeah it takes a lot it's it's not a guarantee there's no foregone conclusion that any team including the nationals who have been great this year are going to keep doing it which is why you have to keep adding guys like you know, uh, uh, like Howie Kendrick. Yeah, it's why you play the games. Yeah, that's right. That's you got to right. play them. You don't play them on paper for a reason. So, yeah, they got better. And yeah. the Nationals did too. So, you never know. And do not forget that, look, the two best offensive players in Major League Baseball right now are, or in the National League right now, are both Washington Nationals. Yeah. Anthony Rendon and- followed by Bryce Harper. Two of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball yep. are Washington Nationals. Yep, right in Steven Strasburg and uh, yep. and uh, Max Scherzer. So the the Nationals have insane star power, and the consistency is there. Um, they there is a there is a lot of talent with both teams. Um, I don't even want to go through to thinking of who I would rather face because I would rather just go to the World Series. I don't want to face any playoff team. <laughs> it's it's a crapshoot, but. Um, it will be. It'll be interesting to see who the Nats end up facing at that time. With they've put together. I mean, I don't think there's any question in my mind, Craig, that the, this is the best Nationals team ever. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt, and I think we've been saying that for a few weeks now. But um, you just look at it top to bottom. It's just the consistent performance is remarkable. Even games they lose where they allow teams to score a bunch of runs, the offense puts up six. So and it's like. Great- and the crazy thing is, the Nationals could be in the playoffs, have a first-round series against the Cubs, and sweep them in three games. They could face the Dodgers, sweep them in four games. And they could go to the World Series and sweep the Astros in four games. Right. You don't know. You have no idea. Any of it could happen. Yep. So it, It's an unpredictable because, sport. Yeah, just because um, the Dodgers got a little bit better, you know, that's fine. Good for them. Cool. They, we'll got, a good, the they got a big name. That's for yeah. sure. 
Yeah. But. So I'm not I, cool. Good for them. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. But there's a lot more to happen. Yeah. Between. The Nationals just need to keep their head down, focus, not yeah. get complacent. And literally change nothing about what they've been doing. Yeah. If they keep doing that, they're going to be just fine going into the uh, going into the postseason. Um, any other notes and tricks from uh, from the the week past, Craig? Notes or tricks? Notes or tricks? Um, the offense is real good, dude. It is really good. It's there. The consistency with which I see a runner on on base and go, yeah, there's a pretty good chance a hit's going to happen here is pretty awesome. Because it it is really really good how 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 good this offense has been. Um, yeah, back to back to back to back homers was pretty darn. Yeah, cool. that was fun to go back and rewatch. <laughs> and then. Daniel Murphy popped out, and then another homer. Yeah. Five out of six. Just incredible. Yeah, that is. And and Daniel Murphy is the guy that didn't get the home run. It's kind of right. amazing. But, yeah, it, it's remarkable that what the team is able to do consistently. Um, oh, there was something I was going to say. Left my mind. This is why you always write it down. Darn. Well, darn. Oh, it was a piece on fan graphs um, Ooh. <clears throat> that I was reading. Talking about how the Nationals desperately needed to get a catcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about how, how Matt Wieters has so far underperformed uh, offensively and that he, his framing numbers weren't that good. Um, do you see that being true? Like, we, we, all, we both feel the same way about Lobatone. You know, really like the guy, not a very good player. Um, yeah. But... Do you see it as both positions just sorely lacking in the same way as whoever wrote it? I don't remember who it was. Um, I feel that Matt uh, Matt Wieters has underperformed for sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel that Lobatone has been not great, although better lately. Yeah. He's actually been able to, you know, put bat to ball. Yep. Which is very nice. Um, if they could upgrade, yeah, do it. But there's never catching help. Yeah. Catching, catching trades help, do not yeah. happen. Yeah. There was one this year, and it was for uh, the player formerly known as Jonathan Lucroy, who has been terrible. Yeah. He's been awful. That w- It was literally just a, the Rangers are kind of out of it, and he's not doing anything, so let's get rid of him. Yeah. Let's send him somewhere where they can use him, hopefully, and he can do better. But... Catching help is very hard to find, and right now, the pitchers seem to really like throwing to Matt Wieters. Yep, he's a large target. Well, and that's what I w- uh, that's what I've been saying. Catch- pitchers have talked consistently about how they've liked to throw to him, even though even though his framing might not be great. But it is. He's just he's a big person, and if you're a pitcher throwing to a guy that's huge, you just have a big target to hit. You got a, yeah. It's a big glove to hit. It's a big, he's just a big guy, and it makes it easier. Um, it definitely does. Uh, I would love to see him hitting more. Yeah. And there's still time, but he's not hurting the team. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past when Danny Espinosa was in that role. As long as he's, the, the player is contributing to the team in some way in the National League, an eighth hitter who is not hitting is not hurting the team. It's just... He's just not hurting the team. He's not going to get real opportunities anyway because there's a pitcher hitting behind him. So, you know, as long as he's contributing in some way, and I think Matt Wieters is contributing to the way that, that our our pitchers are throwing this year. 
I think he is a factor in how good the pitching has been. Yeah. And the Nationals could I mean, sign him to a two-year, $20 million deal, I believe. Yep. So they could keep him around. Yeah. Oh, and, and I think they will. I don't think there's any doubt that they will. Yeah, I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah. Because he's not going to make more. <laughs> right. I mean, cause Does he have an opt-out? He does. Yeah, I thought so. But I don't know why he would ever opt out. He's not going to get, like you said, he's not going to get a $10 million, $10 million a year average annual value. Going yeah, I think it was 12 and 8 Okay, well, still. But, yeah, yeah. he's he's not going to get that. And I haven't looked at the catching market, but I'm sure it's very thin. It always is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people who There's have catchers sign them to proposal. long-term deals, and the people who don't are always looking for catchers because it's yeah. hard to find a good catcher. Right. They're, they're hard to find, that could, especially so, that could do both. It'd be nice, but the Nationals really don't have anyone in their system um, that's ready or close to ready. And you're not going to trade an asset for something like that unless, you know, Matt Wieters got hurt. Right. And you needed someone to start because it's not going to be Loeb's. Right. Right. Um yeah, that's all I got on that topic, Greg. Yeah, I like that topic. It was a good topic. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I think I'm ready to dig into some questions. Yeah! How does that sound? I love digging into questions. Are we ready for some ready? questions? i got to find the beginning of the questions, though. I figured that's what you were doing. Yeah, sorry. Uh... Oh, crap. I didn't favorite any of them. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Joe has to go old school. Oh, this is so much work. So much work. Okay. Uh, I got a few of them here. Uh, so Beth Rich 52 says, uh, are you glad the Nats don't have to face Addison Reed for the rest of the regular season? I am glad. I yeah. would have rather had him wearing a curly W. Yeah, I was going to say, I would have loved if they could have signed a guy like Addison Reed. <laughs> That's, yeah. He's V good. Mets are sellers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, even though they're also kind of buyers, it's very weird. Yeah. They, they're, the front office is very bad. Um, well, I'm pretty sure, uh, Scaramucci is actually a part owner. So. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I'm uh, pretty sure it is. Uh, so a couple from our friend, Jerry Reese, uh, what are realistic expectations for Darvish in LA? He's six and nine with a four run earn run at four ERA, his, a history of injuries. And he gave up 10 runs last start. I think we kind of hit that point, right? Like, it's no guarantees with him. Yeah. Potential um, is everything. Yep. And, you know, cool. Yep. Um, I like this question This question from Jerry. What is the bullpen makeup if and when Kelly and Glover return? Um, well, you're seeing Doolittle established in the nine spot. You're seeing Madsen in the eight spot. And depending on days off and all that... You could obviously flip around some stuff with Kelly or Coda uh, in the eight. Um, but basically, you just have five ninth-inning potential guys, yeah, which is I, great. That is what I was going to say. It, it just gives you depth, and that's what I really like about those two guys getting back. You're, you are able to give Kelly and, um, and, and, uh, and Madsen oh, – I'm sorry, Doolittle and Madsen some time, a, a day or two off if you really need to. Um, and with those kinds of guys coming back and create some extra depth, so it's pretty great. Um, uh, Guzman got a series from Guzman. 
What are you drinking? Yes. Uh, I'm drinking water with black cherry Mio enhancer right now. Super fancy. I am very fancy, and I'm very happy that I'm having it, and it's very hydrating. Yes, winning. Uh, I am I am having a Fairwinds Hell's Navigator Maybach. Ooh. I, I, they had it on tap at my Whole Foods. How is it? Uh, I actually really like it. I love a Maybach. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I, I, um, yeah, huge fan. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Excellent. Uh, question two, toughest series stretch facing the Nats in August and September. And I really legitimately looked at this question and was like, I have to look this up on the calendar. And <laughs> I did not. Oh, nice. Um, I would say their toughest remaining uh, divisional matchups are always going to be tricky. Right. Um, you've, seen, you've seen people at this point in the year so many times. Especially when you get into September, expanded rosters, those top-level prospects come up for the other teams, and you get that uh, kind of, what, what, what do you call it, the dead cat bounce. Yeah, nice, um, nice, nice, nice. For them, so I. But I would say probably their toughest series remaining is when they have to go to Houston. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. That's in August, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's a that's to a good Houston. One. La La is coming here. That's also going to be a tough one. And and just this coming weekend is uh, the we're going to Wrigley, and that's going to be a challenge too. It's weird because the Nationals are playing really well on the road, but it doesn't seem like they're playing as well at. Home. Yeah, that's true. I, if I was going to pick one series, I'm circling. You know, it's not going to really matter for winning the division. But if I, I, I'm circling the Dodgers series in September. Like you said, like expanded rosters at home with the Dodgers. What you're hoping is going to be a preview of a championship series. That's what I'm circling as the hardest. Um, <laughs> Guzman says, "Is a Dodgers Astros World Series inevitable?" We hit on this. No. It is not inevitable. There's no inevitabilities in sport. Uh, uh, Guzman says he still doesn't understand the two, 2006 trade that brought Felipe Lopez and Austin Kearns to D.C. Care to explain it? That was it. such a great trade. <laughs> um, who was go- who, do you know who was going out? I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, so Bill long. Bray. Okay. Gary, Ma- Gary Majeski. Um, Brandon Watson. Really? Maybe all of those guys. I, I know it was a five or six player trade. I could I could explain the this trade. I know Bill Bray and Gary Majeski for sure. I could explain this trade. Okay, Jim Bowden. Jim Bowden. That that is how you explain that trade. He had a, yeah he had a crush on Flop and Kearns. He loved Austin Kearns from Cincinnati days. Uh, and Flop from yeah that's also true. Uh, the Dan says which current or former Nat. Is each of the new guys most similar to? You could do combos. He's like a cross between Clippy and Niger Morgan is his example. Okay, each of the new guys. Uh, Howie Kendrick is insert utility guy. I mean... Are you going to go Steve Lombardozzi or are you going to go there? No, 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 no. Because he's, he's better than he's Steve Lombardozzi. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a good... Utility player who did infield and outfield, but it's I'm blanking right uh, now. Willie Harris. Yeah, I loved Willie Harris. N- not as fast. Right, right, right. Not as fast, and not from Cairo, Georgia. Nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love Julie Harris. Big fan. Yeah, and then uh, Doolittle, good closer we've never had before. Yeah. Uh, Madsen, Papelbon, if he were good and <laughs> without um, baggage. Yeah, right, and not insane. Yeah. Um, Fang wants to know what we're drinking, which we answered already. Yes. And then uh, Brandon Partridge, which Nats player would make the best White House communications director without regard to who is POTUS? Um, I think it would probably be Ryan Zimmerman because he can talk and talk and talk and never and say, say nothing. anything. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. That's a really good one. I'm yeah. going to go with the current White House model and, uh, and say Jason Wirth because he'll just say anything and it's hilarious. That's true. Uh Evan wants to know, would love the layman version of the no trade or no waiver trade parameters. How are trades blocking the mechanics of the process? Which we kind of talked about. Do you have anything else to add? Wait, did read the question again, please. Would love a layman version of the no waiver trade parameters. How are the trades blocked in the mechanics of the process? Okay, with no waivers, you can't block a trade. With no waivers, you can't block a trade, correct? Yeah. For the waiver deadline, you can block a trade. And how that works is um, basically you have a player who is on waivers uh, and you're trying to make a deal with a specific team, but you have to go through the teams worse than you first. Right. The player has to, the players in question have to clear past the Marlins and Phillies and Braves of the world before they get up to the place in the overall standings where your team currently is right and, and if and none of the teams take the player then the trade can happen right and the uh the other piece to that is if another if if at any point during the process the, the uh a team says i want that player and the team the other team says no we're not trading with you then it's dead yes then, then it's over that player can't be traded it's, a, it's an interesting little situation. Uh, Steve, Nats in New York, wants us to evaluate Fetty's start. I thought it was really good. I, I know that he gave up a boatload of runs, but I thought his stuff looked great. The contact early was really weak. That second inning strike out the side was pretty remarkable, and uh, I was a huge fan. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh... I thought he had bad luck. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. Yeah, I don't either. I just, I just, I watched it. I was impressed the whole start. I thought that his fastball was remarkable. He was locating it very well. His secondary stuff clearly needs help. Um, but he's also young and has time to develop those pitches. So I thought it was great. I, uh, I thought he suffered from uh, Babbitt disease. Oh, for sure. I mean, that whole uh, first inning, all every hit was Babbitt problems. Yeah. So. Lots of ground balls to no one. Yeah, and his location was good. He was pounding the zone. He was right around it. I, I was impressed, honestly. I thought it was uh, pretty much what you could expect from a player who probably wasn't ready to make a start. Start. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he did a yeah. did a, a yeoman's job. Yeah, I thought he had uh, some, some bad luck, but he shouldn't be here right now. Yeah, so. he, the, he, he shouldn't have come up. It was just... It's part of the, we've talked about before, the, the lack of depth inside the Nationals organization um, that, has, that created the need when Strasburg needed some time off. So, um, any other things on the trade line, uh, trade deadline edition of this here podcast, Greg? 
Uh, I don't think I have anything right now. Um, no. No, I, I, what I'm going to say is this. Um, if you're listening live... Stick around. You stick around, because we're going to talk about some stuff afterwards. If you're also Thanks, Angel live, Toot. And for, for some reason, you're not watching the game. You should do that. Um, and that's all I have to say, I think, uh, before we wrap up this episode of uh, Nat's Talk on the Go. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next time. for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nat's Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.